Welcome to The Right Ingredients, the podcast where we explore the perfect recipe for success in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Brittany Monk, Director of Sales here at Epicare, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this culinary journey through learning the tools, mindset, and habits you need to get the results you want. Just like in cooking, where combining the right ingredients can turn a simple dish into a culinary masterpiece, our podcast delves into the key elements that create a fulfilling, purposeful, and successful life. We'll chat with leaders, experts, visionaries, and everyday ambassadors who have discovered the secret sauce to their own success stories. So grab your apron and join us as we mix, blend, and stir the components of how to have a successful Epicure business and to serve you insights, inspiration, and a dash of motivation. It's time to discover the recipe for a successful Epicure journey that's truly worth savoring. Welcome to the Right Ingredients Podcast. Welcome everyone. I am so excited for today's episode. We just started last week with our very first episode, bringing on Becky Launder, the Modern Direct seller, and she was here to kick off the month of November with all the tips, how-tos, all her awesome, great ideas to kick off the selling season strong. And wow, your reviews, the follows, all the sharing of our podcasts on socials, you all really gave us such great support. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you all. Today's episode, we are getting back to our roots. So I'm here with a very special guest. She is one of Canada's youngest CEOs. She was recognized as one of Canada's top 40 under 40, and she has created the most incredible give back programs with Epicure. She's just done such incredible things since she's joined us 15 years ago as Epicure CEO. She is everything you want to see in a leader and more. And our leadership community, our home team, we all know we are so very fortunate to be led with such commitment and courage, humility, humor, and tenacity. Here to join us on today's episode is Epicure's very own CEO, Amelia Warren. Hey, Amelia, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. This is going to be great because I feel like we have wanted you to join us on our podcast at the very, very beginning of where we're starting this podcast, who we are, who Epicure is. And it's just so rare to find a company that is woman founded and led and family owned. You know, Epicure has a 25 year plus track record, a $35 million in compensation paid to families in just 2022 over 1 million meals donated. You know, Epicure has done such incredible things. So today we wanted to take a minute and just get to know you, the leader behind Epicure. I think it's pretty rare that we hear you talking about yourself. So I'm going to kind of try and, and get you to talk about you today, if you don't mind. So to just start us off, can you tell us a little bit about you and what inspired you to pursue working at Epicure and ultimately becoming CEO? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so I'm Amelia, and I have the privilege of running Epicure in partnership with our amazing home team and our phenomenal community of uh, brand ambassadors and entrepreneurs, and super fortunate to build on the amazing business that my mom, Sylvia Rochette, founded. Uh, and I've been at Epicure for uh, the last 17 years. Uh, I am a mom of an amazing four and a half year old. 
uh, and uh, the partner to um, an awesome, awesome um, human, Kyle. He's uh, pretty darn amazing. So um, that's who I am and uh, how I came to work at Epicure. Uh, and do this job. Um, like many things in life, it was not planned. <laughs> um, I came to work at Epicure uh, in my early 20s as a summer job, and which I now call the longest summer job ever, having been here for 17 <laughs> years. Um, but I came as a summer job, and my background's actually in nonprofits. In our family, there is uh, a rule, an ethos that to whom much is given, much is expected. So since I was very small, it was always expected that I do something, my brother and I, that we do something meaningful with our lives, meaningful with the opportunities that we have been given. And so I had always thought that was going to be in the nonprofit world. And so that was my education. That was my work experience uh, and ended up working at Epicure and had the opportunity to create our Epicure Foundation, which, as you shared, uh, donated over a million meals last year uh, and since its inception has contributed to countless grassroots food security initiatives um, and has been, had a really phenomenal um, a phenomenal journey. Anyway, so my mom asked me to start the foundation. And uh, so I spent that summer creating the foundation. And at the end of the summer uh, was, of course, excited and proud of the work we've done with the foundation, but was actually even more excited about what I realized about Epicure. What I realized about our family business was that we have this incredible platform and we're using this platform, which is business to do good in the world. And that businesses when aligned with social good have the power to create tremendous change, positive change uh, in the world. And so I got excited about what Epicure could do and what I could do as part of Epicure. So I started working uh, had the opportunity at that time to work across the business. Uh, I worked in our communications department, in our distribution center, in our call center, uh, in manufacturing, basically all the all the departments that work for our ambassadors when they choose to partner with us. And uh, and it was awesome. I was learning lots and just really excited about um, what our our company and our brand was doing and what uh, and what we were building um, and about. Three years into my summer job, um, I got a call from my mom uh, to meet me at a local restaurant. And I still remember it. It was in the corner. Um, and she let me know that um, she was going to need to step away from the business for um, an undetermined amount of time and that she needed me to step in and run day-to-day -day operations. And um, I was in my mid-20s. And I thought she was totally crazy. You know, I, I knew we had an amazing, um, you know, an amazing team, a phenomenal community of entrepreneurs. Our products are exceptional. Um, but I was like, I am young. I have never done this before. Um, you know, I, I don't have the education or the experience, I'm not any of the things like all the doubts, right. When, um, all the doubts that certainly I had. And I think, you know, it's really common when you're faced with something you've never done before is, you know, you, you, you tell yourself all the reasons why you can't do it. Um, and I had to have what I call like 20 seconds of courage to lean in and to say yes. Um, and so I, I did say yes. And the, uh, it ended up being about two years, um, wherein I was running, um, our operations and, um, 
I guess the, it went well enough that they decided to keep me on. And, uh, and so I've had the opportunity to, um, to lead our business, um, since then. And it's almost been 15 years, um, since that, that time. And it's been really, um, just a real privilege and honor to get to be part of the, the growth of the business and, um, yeah. And, and I've learned, you know, many, many things, uh, over, over that time. And a lot of the time it's been, you know, learn as I go and learn as I grow, which is again, the experience that our ambassadors have is that they don't necessarily come in with the experience to do the role, um, that they, you know, stepped into, whether that's a salesperson, a leader, entrepreneur, whatever. Um, but they become who they need to become to do the role. And I feel like I've had that opportunity. And again, I'm tremendously grateful. I think that is so neat to hear, you know, what your passion and kind of your values were of giving back and doing good. And that's part of who you are. And that's what you've been able to bring into Epicure and same with your mother and just how it all started. I love how you shared the 20 seconds of courage because so many ambassadors, they have to have that too from the very beginning. So your story of how you started to become CEO with that 20 seconds of courage is probably really relatable to a lot of them who thought, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have what that person has or the time or whatever it might be, but they took those seconds of courage to say yes. And here they are. So I think what makes you so incredible and so unique and so relatable is your story is so similar to so Mm -hmm. many ambassadors starting. So when talking about how you have these core values that are part of who you are, how do some of those core values drive Epicure and how do they impact business decisions? What are Epicure's core values? So that's a great question. Before I answer your question though, I want to go back to the part about the 20 seconds of courage. And one of the things that I have come to know with absolute certainty is that all the juiciness of life, the personal growth, the development, the um, the things that make life valuable and interesting and exciting are all on the other side of that 20 seconds of courage. Uh, and so I think sometimes we think like fear means we shouldn't do it. Sometimes can mean that, but most of the time it's, um, you know, courage isn't not having fear. Courage is acting in spite of fear. Uh, and so I just always encourage our ambassadors to like lean into the things that they might feel fearful about, um, because that's where like the learning and the growth and the expansion, uh, is okay. So to answer your question though, about what are the core values of Epicure? So Epicure's core values are win as a team, genuinely care, don't waste, leave things better, get it done and walk your talk. And I think when I think about those values and when I think about why those are our core values, the reason why I'm at Epicure, and I think the reason why a lot of our home team members and our ambassadors are at Epicure is because it is a platform from which you can do good. It is a platform and a place that you can transform lives. And I personally wouldn't be here if I didn't think that this is this was the best place for me to make a positive impact in the world. And so when you look at our values, a lot of them are about acting with authenticity. So um, and integrity, um, because I think when your objective is to make the world better, um, and that doesn't mean we're not about profits as me, like, I mean, that you need, you need to be a profitable business to, to, to exist. But once that is, you put that aside, it's like, why, what you do needs to matter. And 
And so when I look at our values, it's about like caring deeply for what you do, um, acting with integrity, walking your talk, which is like never asking anyone to do what you yourself wouldn't do, um, leading by example. Um, the whole piece about leaving things better is just like, you know, it's, it's leaving everyone, everything that you do, that you interact with better than it was before, which is all about transformation. So for me, all of our values reflect a desire to make things better, make the world better. And that, you know, we don't exist just to make money. We exist to um, sort of what I say is like where profits and purpose um, collide is where our purpose resides. Love that. And I was recently talking to someone from direct selling news and they said, I've never met a company like Epicure where the mission is just so integrated in who you are. Other times it's like, oh, let's do this drive or this thing, this, this giving back for this month. But Epicure is just who we are and it's so integrated and you can see that. And uh, I think that shows up in those core values, how we operate our business, all the things that ultimately lead to the decisions made here. So a lot of things in this industry has changed over the last 25 years, especially those 15 years where you've led Epicure. So how do you feel Epicure has adapted to all of these industry changes and all the emergent, you know, the emerging trends over the years? I think one of the things that has benefited Epicure uh, and that has by by my leading it is that I came in not being an expert, you know, I came into my role needing to be a learner because needing to listen to our ambassadors, what they loved, what they didn't love, what was working, what was not working. Um, and so as a result of that coming in, in that way, I, I, and we, as a business come from a place of learning. Of course, we've got, you know, a 25 year plus track record. Of course, we've got expertise. We have an incredible team, you know, full of some of the most talented people um, I've ever met, I've ever met and worked with. However, we come from a place of like, not that we know everything, a place from like, yes, we know the things we know, we have the experience we have, but we also need to be open to listening, to learning, to observing, um, and being willing to hold things loosely so that we have the flexibility and the agility um, to pivot. You know, because I think the minute you you believe that you figured it all out is the minute you stop growing. Um, and and especially in the world we find ourselves in today, needing to evolve and to pivot and to be agile and to adjust um, is is so essential. Um, I think though one of the learnings for me has been, you know, when you are coming from a place of learning and you are trying things is to launch when is to when you try things, try small before you try big. Um, so there can be this like, and I feel like maybe I did that earlier in my career where it was like, you want to launch the big thing, the big idea. Um, but what I've learned is like iterating over time um, is a less risky um, but more and more effective way of like, you know, iterate a little bit, learn, iterate, learn, iterate, learn. Um, ultimately, you'll get to where, you know, I, I think ultimately you'll get further than kind of like doing the big thing, um, uh, you know, without having maybe tested it enough in advance. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I love that. I love that perspective of it. And it, and honestly, it works well. And I think that, you know, the reason you love being with Epicure and making the difference, that's why a lot of us love working at Epicare, but 
because we've been able to adapt to the changes over time. And that starts with your leadership. So what would you say are some of the most important lessons you've learned as a leader and how have they shaped your leadership style? Hmm. I think some of the most important things that I have learned as a leader uh, is the importance of that there is always a way so that there is always a way forward and there is always a way through. Uh, and that just because you hear no, or just because you hear, we can't do that. Or just because you hear, oh, we've never done it that way. Or the, the rule is this or whatever, um, that you need to keep pushing and keep asking questions and keep challenging and keep going until you find a way through. If I think about all the things that we have achieved and overcome as like a family owned self-funded company on Vancouver Island, you know, building one of like the, you know, (laughs) the biggest truck selling company in Canada, Um, you know, having launched into the US being completely self-funded. I mean, it is because we did not take no, we did not take any obstacle. We not like we just, you push through and you find a way. Um, And so that I think is just like the importance of resilience and tenacity um, would be one of the things that I have learned. Uh, the second thing that I have learned is um, around just, you know, that, that there's this idea, and I don't know where this came from, but there's this idea that if um, if you're doing it right, it's going to be easy. If you're, um, you know, that we can learn without failure, um, that, you know, and and again, often I talk to our ambassadors and I say like, you know, who here knows someone that, um, who here knows a child and everyone will put up their hand and they'll say, okay, have you ever watched a, a kid learn to, to walk? And they'll say, yes. And I said, okay, well, what did you say? What happened? And they say, well, that kid fell down a lot. And then you go, okay, well, what did you say to the kid when they fell down? And they'll say, you know, get back up. You're doing a good job. This is how you learn. This is how you grow. And I think, uh, we don't do that as adults with each other. And we don't do that with ourselves. And, um, you know, like failure, missteps, tweaking, adjusting, like that is implicit in growth and development um, and expansion. And I think when we position it as like failure as bad, um, that's that makes us afraid to try new things and afraid of learning. And again, as I spoke to before, like the world today requires that we are all learners because the world today is not the same world as it was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And I have a, I had a friend who asked me recently, they're like, you know, Amelia, you've been doing this job for like 15, 17 years. Like, aren't you bored? Like you've been doing the same job. And I said to them, it's like, oh my goodness, I've had like 10 different jobs. You know, <laughs> if I think about the business that I joined, you know, 17 years ago, that was, um, you know, an amazing business. And, you know, and though kind of with 70% less team members and ambassadors um, doing business only in Canada. And I think like now we're a global business and, um, you know, doing business in, in, in two countries and we have, you know, 
250 team members and tens and tens of thousands of ambassadors and millions of customers. I mean, it, and the world is different in technology. I mean, when I started, we were taking orders on fax. Um, so just the world that is today is so different. And so it requires, so it's, I've had, you know, many different jobs and have been required to evolve and grow and learn. And I think, you know, while I would love to say that we can learn new things, um, without failure and that we can, you know, develop new skills without, you know, every, you know, there's that, like every master was once a disaster. The first time you do anything, it's, you know, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to go sideways. But if you keep, you know, if you keep keeping on uh, and you're being committed to that process of learning, I think you, you'll, um, you'll develop the skills and the aptitudes required. Um, so I think the other one, and then I think the, the third one um, for me is to, and I think it's partly, you know, when I came into the business, I really came as like a learner and I came as someone who didn't, you know, without the experience. And I think I, I, I held on to being someone being inexperienced for too long. And what I mean by that, I, I think I, I did not own what I have achieved. I did not own, um, what I know, uh, and I deferred to other people who I thought had more experience or were older than me or were more seasoned or who had worked in bigger companies or whatever. And I didn't, um, I didn't listen to and trust the experience I have, the knowledge I've developed and the skills that I possess. And I think, um, and so that's something that I think I'm still learning. Um, and I think that's normal when, um, you know, is to, is to maybe not have that, the context or, or, or if I've had to find context by expanding my community of fellow, you know, leaders and entrepreneurs and business owners to figure out like, what do I know and what don't I know? And what I discovered through that process is more about what I did know than what I didn't know. Um, and, uh, and so I think it's also to, you know, while learning and, uh, and being a learner and being willing to make mistakes and all that stuff is essential. It's also just as essential to recognize, own, and stand in like who you are, what you know, what you've achieved, um, and to ensure that that's guiding you just as much as your openness to learning and to um, learning from others. I love that. And I feel like, especially where you started younger than most CEOs, um, I think we naturally would maybe question it because we think other people are questioning it or feel like we constantly need to be going elsewhere for direction instead of following our gut instincts, which you have an incredible gut instincts like none other CEO I've seen. It's just really natural to you with great decisions. And this is all, I love hearing these different insights on the lessons you've learned, because I do feel like this is really valuable for ambassadors and leaders who may feel the same way or who have experienced the same thing. It's nice to know they're not alone in that, <laughs> that it's natural to feel that and to feel confident in that too. I was told by someone who went to one of your most recent events that you shared some insights about how you balance your time, your day, you know, you're a mom, you're a CEO, health is important to you. Reading is important to you. Learning, you know, you are so big on personally developing yourself and professionally 
professionally developing yourself. How do you balance it all? Do you have any tips or tricks or things that work for you to set yourself up? Because I don't know how you do it all. Oh, I, I, that's very, very, very kind of you, Brittany. Um, I would say that number one, like this, I, I don't know where this idea of balance came from. I don't. Um, and I think we're always like, I don't know where we we feel like we need to be in balance. And I, I don't actually know what balance looks like. What I think about more is about presence. So when I'm with my family, do I have the energy to be present? Am I being present? Um, if I'm not, how do I set things up so I can be more present? So it's not, you know, of course it's, it's about how much time, but it's more than anything. It's about the quality of the time that I spend. So that's one of the things that's, um, important to me. The other one, uh, is, identify like is, is the other thing that I do is I really think about how I'm starting and ending my day and starting and ending my week. And so one of the things that I think about is how to starting my day and ending my day and starting my week and ending my week with things that energize me so that, um, I have energy going into that time with my family. Um, and, um, so that's one other thing that I am thinking about, think about doing third thing is, asking for help. Um, and which is again, something I'm really working on is like asking for help, um, and, uh, and accepting help as well. Cause you can ask for help, but not accept it. Um, and, uh, um, and really like leaning in, leaning on and trusting the expertise of my team or, um, well, of, of my team. And, and, uh, so I'd say that, um, scheduling things in, you know, scheduling in the date night, scheduling in scheduling things in. Another thing I've been working on a lot is uh, grouping like tasks together. So it's really challenging when you have to kind of go from one. So one kind of work to another kind of work. So like all my finance meetings and like um, sort of financial and metric related work is all together. Whereas my work that maybe is like marketing campaign development or, uh, is all together. If I'm doing work that involves like engaging our ambassadors, that work is all together. So that kind of helps you be more effective because you're not kind of going from one thing to another, um, which again, just requires really like managing your, your schedule. Um, and I think building on the managing your schedule, like, um, having, having structure around your time, um, is really helpful to me. So, um, you know, what I, you know, thinking in advance of my week, like planning out my week, what am I doing? You know, what do I need to accomplish this week? Um, what, uh, and where am I going to get that work done? Identifying what's your top three. And if you got nothing else other than those three things done, what are the three things, um, scheduling it in and, um, and then all that said, like structure and discipline, one of the things that I am learning is like, sometimes you need to be a little bit flexible to allow like life to come in. And, you know, I used to be like, very, like, I have to get my morning routine done and I have to do my yoga. and my <laughs> But if like, if my daughter wakes up early and, you know, like wants to hang out that 
time that I spend with her, like I can be annoyed at her for waking up early. Like, oh, you got into the way of my like morning routine and that's what I need to set my, or I can go like, awesome. Like that, like, what is life really about? Life is about, you know, how we're using our time and the relationships we have with people. And so, um, so it's like also being a bit flexible for life to come in. I love that. And I think more, the biggest takeaway that I think we all wanted to hear and need to hear is balance doesn't exist. But I love how you said to be present because sometimes I think we're so hard on ourselves for feeling like we're dropping balls in all these different areas of life, but it's about that quality time and being present. And you are so good at this. When you are in a meeting, you are so present and so focused on the task at hand. And then we'll go to another one. You're so focused on that. So being present, that that is an incredible piece of advice that I think we all needed to hear in this season of life. And just especially time of year when it's so busy, so much going on. Yeah. And then also like, I don't know, man, it's like all this stuff about guilt. And I mean, it just, it doesn't really, it's not a good, if you're trying to use your energy effectively, don't waste it on guilt. (laughs) Seriously. So true. So So true. So with Epicare, lots of big things happening. So many exciting things have happened and are coming up in the future. What do you see as the future direction and goals for Epicure and how do you plan to achieve them? That is a big question, Brittany. What I can't is a big question is that, you know, our goal is to be in every kitchen and every home in North America. So our strategies are all aligned with how do we get um, more Epicure solutions into more kitchens, more homes, more bellies um, in that, you know, when you look at the world, um, the rate of chronic illness is on the rise and 80% of chronic illness is linked to lifestyle. The majority of that is what we choose to eat and how we choose to eat. And we are blessed at Epicure to have a solution for people who want, you know, delicious fast meals, but that they can also trust are healthy. And, uh, and so, I think there is like a business imperative for growth, but there's also like a moral imperative um, because what we do helps people live better. Um, You know, food is the fuel you put into your body that enables you to be on the planet and the better the fuel, the better we can show up for our families, show up for the work that we are meant to do on the planet, whatever that work is. So, um, so our strategies are all aligned with how do we, um, how do we grow um, the amount of people who are enjoying Epicure, who are you know, living better because of eating good food? Um, and how do we empower our brand ambassadors so that they can really support that mission and grow their communities and grow their, um, grow their contribution, grow their incomes, um, you know, so that we can uh, all collectively achieve this objective of being in every kitchen, every home in North America? Love that. I think that's a huge goal and I absolutely believe we'll achieve it. I think with your leadership, the team we have, the ambassadors we have, all the things are lining up to be perfect for that goal to be met. Because when you have a mission and a purpose like yours, that's when big things can happen like that. So to finish us off, Amelia, and thank you so much for all your time. It's so fun to get to know you more. With someone who is an ambassador with us or someone who was an ambassador with us, or maybe someone on the fence, like a customer or someone just trying to find a way to bring an extra income or to get great food into their homes. 
any last words of why maybe Epicare? I think, you know, what, one, I would say to all those people, thank you for being part of our community and thank you for being part of our mission. Um, because without you, you know, we don't exist. So, um, and, um, so thank you. I would say to everyone who's part of our community, cause they are part of enabling our, uh, us to be here and us to achieve our mission of being in every kitchen, every home in North America. The second thing I would say in terms of why Epicure, um, what I'm really proud of is that we have an exceptional product that transforms lives and that's consumable. So I think it's, you, you want to be in a business where you have a consumable product because you're not just selling something once you get to sell something multiple times and build lot, you know, lifelong, lifelong loyal customers. And that's always, it's a good business move is to have a product that is consumable. So I'd say, you know, there's a great product that is consumable that you can feel super proud of. Um, that's at an, at an accessible price point, um, that everyone needs, you know, so you don't have like a specific group of people that want to buy our product and don't want to buy our product. Everyone eats, everyone needs our product. So the market is big. It's a consumable product. It's a growing market. Um, and it's at an accessible price point. So I'd say that kind of from a product perspective, I'd say from then from a community perspective, we have an extraordinary community of ambassadors who are all aligned in utilizing Epicure as a platform to do good on the planet. And I think that is so powerful. And I love, you know, just how service oriented our ambassadors are, how kind they are, how much they want to help each other, how collaborative is. I mean, it's, it's, there is something special, which is ineffable and kind of hard to articulate, but there is something special here. Uh, I hear that from people who join our community. I hear that from our, our team members um, who work with us here, um, uh, here at Epicure uh, headquarters. I just hear that there is something about this community, about our purpose, about our mission that is just like you know, stuff that, 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 I don't know, there's just something special. Um, and then I think the third thing I would say is that whether is it is at Epicure or not, we have a finite amount of time on the planet and we get to, you know, we, we get to have a say in how we spend that time, different people to different extents, but we get to decide how we want to use this time. And in my view, like we are here to build a life with meaning to uh, have a positive impact again, whatever that is. And so I just wish for everyone who is listening to find work that lights them up to find work that they know matters to find work where like when your head hits the pillow at night, you go, yes, what I did had an impact. Yes. What I did brought me joy. Yes. What I did brought joy to others. And so again, whether that is Epicure or that is something else, I, like, I wish for you to find that, um, because that is like, that's what makes life wonderful, um, is knowing that what you do matters and that it's having a positive impact. And I think, especially in the world today, which can sometimes feel so confusing and divisive and just like more than ever before, I think finding a way to make a positive impact on the part of the world, on the corner of the world that you can have an impact on, I, I think that matters more than ever before. Um, so that would be what I would say. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. And I think just wrapping this all together, when you know your purpose, you know your mission, you know your why, 
incredible things can happen. And you have chosen to take all of that, all those core values that were important to you as a little girl in your family, you've brought that to Epicure. Your family has brought that. And there is something special here. And I think a lot of it has to do when it's family founded and you're thinking of the generations to come, you do things differently. It's higher quality of everything, the ingredients, the people you bring on, the promotion, everything. And that just shows. So Thank you so much for taking the time to share a little bit more about you and and the things that mean to, that the things that matter to you because ultimately that's what drives Epicure and what has made Epicure such an incredible community, an incredible business that has helped so many people in so many ways. So thank you for being with us today, Amelia, and thank you so much for leading Epicure and for just setting such a great example to all our ambassadors and to me. It's so incredible to work alongside you as a CEO. It's been so great for my journey as well. So thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I love the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Right Ingredients. We appreciate your support and look forward to having you with us on the next exciting episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view us on your favorite podcast platform. You can stay in touch with us too on social at Epicure Official for updates, additional content, and to share your feedback. And always remember, when you get the ingredients right, everything else follows. Until next time, take care and stay tuned for more here on the Right Ingredients Podcast.